Girlwise is a safe space to learn and discuss all kinds of topics through anecdotes and evidence-based research. I'm your host, Brenda Nicole, and welcome to Girlwise. Hey, 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 everyone. Welcome back to Girlwise. This is episode eight. I can't believe it. I can't believe we're eight episodes in. That's crazy. Today, we're going to be talking about social media. We use social media. Well, I guess most of us use social media pretty much on a daily basis. It has become more a part of being human than not. So how bad is it really? Studies show that 61% of the population uses social media. We hear many reports about it ruining our mental health and delaying development, and yet everyone still incorporates it into their daily lifestyle. So straight off the bat, I want to let you know that dopamine detoxes don't exist. First of all, dopamine isn't a toxin. You cannot stop the flow or even control the amount of dopamine inside of your brain and completely cutting off things that make you temporarily happy for a week won't make a drastic difference within your neural pathways. If anything, low levels of dopamine in the brain actually are the cause of an array of mental illnesses. If you believe you might be too dependent on your phone or other types of technology, it's completely valid to try to break yourself of those bad habits. Seeing how you feel when not chronically consuming digital media is a great way to get in touch with what might be triggering you to feel dissatisfied or constantly distracting you from meeting your goals. But if you think you might need help from feeling chronically unhappy or anxious, it's best to speak to a professional. All in all, there is no science to even back up the efficiency of a dopamine detox, but there is much science to back up meditation, which focuses on groundedness. And I think that's what this detox is trying to achieve in the first place. Hey everyone! Before we begin, I wanted to give a clear and important disclaimer to ensure that listeners understand the limitations of the advice given on this podcast. I am not a professional or expert on the topics being discussed, and you should always use your own judgment when it comes to where you stand on a subject and making decisions. While I do my best to direct you in what I think is the right direction, it is always wise to consult with a qualified professional when seeking advice on a particular issue. References will be in the show notes so you can take a look at the places I'm getting my information from as well. You know your own story and situation better than anyone else, so do what is best for you always. Thank you so much and enjoy this episode. So let's take a look at the data. Worldwide, there are 4.9 billion people who use social media and the average individual uses six to seven platforms every month. And the most used social media platform in the world is Facebook with 2.9 billion, that is billion with a B, monthly active users. Close behind is YouTube with 2.5 billion monthly active users. And globally, the average time a person spends on social media a day is about two hours and 25 minutes. You guys, I'm gonna have to expose myself. I don't think I can talk about social media without sharing my daily average with you guys. And let me tell you right now, it's not gonna be good. It's gonna be really bad. So hold on, let me look for it. Okay, are we ready? (laughs) Okay, well, it's actually not that bad. It's currently 9.25 p.m. and my total time for today has been five hours and 15 minutes 
which I don't think is that bad. And you're not going to believe this, but my most used app is actually YouTube. Today, it's been three hours and 57 minutes. Another statistic that I found very interesting was that everywhere in the world, social media has more female users than male users, except in South Asia, where the ratio is a staggering 27% of females versus 73% of males. If you're from South Asia, please let me know why that is. But it's usually around 57% for females and 53% for males everywhere everywhere else. So when we think of social media actually being bad for mental health, we have to realize that nothing is truly ever black or white. Social media helps us connect with people anywhere on earth in mere seconds. It has incremented globalization, helps combat isolation, spreads worthwhile causes, expands knowledge, grows businesses, and the list just goes on and on. Social media apps like Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and Snapchat can be significant places of socialization for young people. A good group of peers is important for everyone. And fighting them on social media doesn't take away from it being a good thing for many people. Adolescence specifically is a vulnerable time for kids when they are exploring new ideas and identities. But when they are exposed to trends of risk-taking behavior, as Dr. Claude Mellons from Columbia University puts it, it can promote the exacerbation of the same. Not to mention, cyberbullying is by far the biggest contributor to worsening mental health within the context of social media. Being exposed to hateful content online has been linked to feelings of distress and poor mental health. Research suggests that girls specifically report having harmed mental health due to bullying and the combination of displacement theory. Displacement theory is the displacement of time that a person would have spent sleeping, having psychological stimulation and light exposure, and increased psychological alertness. Cyberbullying may also deeply affect people who identify as gender or sexual minorities. We can note, however, that these conditions are not caused by social media on its own. Instead, it worked more as a predictor of worsening mental health. Dr. And I'm sorry if I butcher this name, Gonneke Stevens from Utrecht University in the Netherlands said, quote, Indeed, we found that social media use problems predicted increases in mental health problems one year later. This was true for both depressive symptoms and ADHD symptoms. End quote. Meaning that the relation of these things might be the other way around. How you use social media may bring light to a problem that already existed. For example, a study done in 2017 showed that the higher the social media use was, the more socially isolated people tended to feel. We also cannot overlook the fact that social media was made to be addictive by design and spread misinformation and extremism. Though social media addiction hasn't been included in the DSM-5, internet addiction is, which it would most likely fall into this category. With that being said, social media is changing too fast for scientists to keep up. Research has had difficulty discerning between symptoms of a mental health problem versus an actual diagnosis of a mental illness. 
mainly because most of the research on this topic is from surveys where people self-report their usage and feelings. Unfortunately, that can lead to a lot of frayed information and can make the results murky. Mental health is also a very complex issue that we still have much to learn about just on its own. Even so, people time and time again report feelings of isolation, sadness, and poor body image after using social media. But because correlation does not mean causation, we don't know if these feelings were exacerbated by social media use, which can also increase from these problems in the first place. Speaking from personal experience, I deleted Facebook when I was 17, so nine, eight years ago at this point. I for sure had an unhealthy attachment to Facebook. I recognized it even then. And I have never in my life felt such immediate relief, emotional relief after quitting Facebook. I did feel emotionally distressed, like I needed to go back on it to see what people are saying for about two weeks. But afterwards, the feeling of just freedom from not having to check on it, from the releases of anxiety every time I saw something on someone else's wall. I don't even know if walls still exist. But from like the intense FOMO, just being free from all of that was one of the best feelings in the entire world. I don't even think I can compare it to anything else that I've ever done. And that was just for me quitting Facebook. I wonder what it would be like to not even have social media at all. But I mean, I can't even run things like this podcast without social media. So determining whether or not social media is bad is so complex because everyone will have a different experience with it. The variables are too extreme from how long they spend on it, what social media they use, what kind of things they're being suggested or looking up, what their expectations of using it are, and many, many more. Take this 2015 study, for example. Researchers at the Pew Research Center wanted to know whether or not social media increases or decreases stress. Of the 1,800 people surveyed, women reported Twitter was a significant contributor to their stress because it made them aware of other people's stress, known as social stress. And yet, the more women used Twitter, the less stress they reported feeling. Researchers weren't sure why this was, but one hypothesis was that by having the ability to express emotion freely, it provides a coping mechanism. Dr. Jacob T. Fisher, an assistant professor at the Institute of Communications Research and the College of Media at the University of Illinois Urbana-Campaign, is quoted as saying, Trying to define the effect of social media on well-being is a lot like trying to determine the effect of food on health. The question is so broad, so as to be essentially unanswerable, end quote. So the answer is too complex for all the variety of reasons we just discussed. However, he continued on to say something that I found very insightful. Quote, In my opinion, a better approach would be to break apart the different features and design decisions that compromise social media platforms. How information is presented, how the algorithm amplifies or suppresses content, the behavioral engineering involved in how a platform solicits or even demands our attention. 
and start to investigate the influence on those things on well-being, end quote. Exactly the point that I made in a video I posted two years ago. Social media is what we make of it. So if we use it as a way to cater to unrealistic standards that perpetuate body shaming, plastic surgery trends, etc., then of course it can have a negative impact on our mental well-being. And this doesn't even begin to cover things like filters, which are an entirely different world on their own. It seems like an obvious answer, and most definitely an oversimplified one, but if we put bad stuff on social media, then it will become bad for us. But social media itself, from what we can tell, is not inherently bad. But man, bad things on social media thrive in ways that maybe just reflect the interests of humanity. For now, it's up to each individual to discern for themselves whether they might be better off with or without. For me, in the Facebook example, I was way better off without it. In other cases, it might help to limit the time you spend on it. It all depends on how you feel in relation to it. I do find that when I spend too much time on Instagram or YouTube Reels specifically, my mood tends to change for the rest of the day. So limiting my time on those really makes a difference. When I do use it, it's intentional. That helps me to not fall into the endless scroll of doom that wastes hours of my time and leaves me feeling super icky inside afterwards. Cultivating content on my feeds that I like rather than what's been trending thanks to shock value has also helped a lot. The thing that worries me is that it's very difficult for kids to make those decisions. It's quite rare for kids to have that level of self-awareness because they're not fully developed enough to have it. Premature exposure to the horrors of the internet might have some serious impact on the growth and development of kids, which really does concern me. But for now, science can't tell us much about it, and only time will tell. Will John Alpha really cause the apocalypse? So, it is time for Ask Me Anything! Today's Ask Me Anything comes from Isabel. She writes, A follow-up on the doctor episode. What to do when a doctor purposefully uses jargon to confuse you when you ask a question and makes you feel dumb? Thank you so much for your question, Isabel, and thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I would say that, first of all, they should never make you feel bad about having questions ever. That is their job, and they should know this. Um, secondly, you shouldn't feel bad about asking questions. I mean, did you go to med school? And even if you did, this is something that I've actually come to learn, and I don't have the statistics with me right now, but doctors treating doctors actually some of the time tends to have worse outcomes because they don't explain things as thoroughly as they would to patients that are not in the medical field because they expect them to know this information. And so they actually have worse care than, in some instances, than people who are they expect not to know. So you should not feel bad about asking questions. These things are complex, even for doctors to know about them. It's not something that's like super easy to process in like two or three sentences. So you should always, always, always have the information as clear as possible so that you also can make the best decisions for your own um, health. 
Uh, so yeah, you should ask questions about absolutely everything you don't understand. But if this behavior keeps happening, you might want to consider changing doctors because that's not the right attitude to have towards a patient ever. Um, I hope that answers your questions and really reinforces um, what to do in those situations. So that's all for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. I hope this enlightened you in any way. Don't forget to share the podcast with someone that you think might like it. If you want to send in a question for Ask Me Anything, you can do so by sending an email at girlwisepod at gmail.com. It helps me out a ton when you guys rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast, so please do so. And I'll see you guys in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening. Bye!